Welcome to Talk Truth, a McGregor podcast where we dive into scripture, gain insight from community, and biblically answer life questions. Talk Truth will answer life questions submitted by our listeners every other week. If you have a question for Talk Truth, you can submit your questions on our website. I'm your host, Chloe Weimer. Let's open the word, gather together, and talk some truth. joined by Bob Vanderwilt, my new friend and a member here at McGregor Baptist Church. Bob received his PhD from Iowa State University and formerly served as the Dean of Students and Professor in the Department of Educational Leadership at Mankato State University before he retired here in sunny Fort Myers, Florida. And five and a half years ago, he was asked to fill in as a substitute teacher, correct? Correct. In your, in your life group. And he also is still subbing. So I don't know how that works for five and a half years, but you've, you've made it. In addition, he teaches a journey together class on defending the faith on Wednesday nights. So Bob, thank you for joining me on this two part episode of defending the faith. Today we we will be tackling the question, how do I avoid a foolish faith? Well, Chloe, thank you very much. I it's an honor to, to participate with you in this, and I enjoy it. I'm, I know I'm going to enjoy it very much. Um, when I was thinking about this today, I was thinking, you know, I hope that for our interaction, people will find it interesting. I hope they'll find it informative. I hope there will be some sense of optimism and inspiration to it. And most of all, I obviously hope that it, uh, the words we share will be worthy in his sight. So. Yeah, I thank you for the invitation. Oh, I'm I'm so glad that you were willing to join me. It's an honor to have you on the show. Um, in in hope and in prayer that the the words that we say will be glorifying to God. I'm going to open up with a short prayer and then we'll Amen. dive Great. into answering this question. Great. So, dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much for the opportunity to just talk about you and to talk about defending the faith. God, will you just um, be glorified in our words and our thoughts and in our actions and help us to take what we have studied and what we have learned and actually apply it to our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Okay, so Bob, the, the whole reason I got into apologetics, let me give a little backstory. Great. Yeah. So I took a when I first moved to Fort Myers in 2013, my last two years of high school, um, I got to go to SFCA, which is where I actually now teach. And the class that I sat in was an apologetics class. It was in, well, I didn't just sit in it. I took it for a year. <laughs> and at first it was kind of overwhelming, but the more that I learned about God, the more I loved him. And especially as I dealt with these questions of how to avoid a foolish faith. And so when I saw the question, how do, how do I avoid like sounding, the person said, how do I avoid sounding dumb when mm. I'm sharing my faith? I realized that that's kind of a flawed question, right? And so um, can you talk about why that question in and, in and of itself is flawed? Well, I'm not sure it's flawed. Uh, it seems to me that uh, we, we have a faith, and we're at different stages of the evolution of that faith, its mm -hmm. depth, et cetera. 
And so I'm not sure that our faith might be flawed, but I think the question becomes one of how do we defend whatever that faith is, wherever we are on a continuum of, of sanctification, yeah. how do we defend our position as it relates to where we are? So the question of uh, how do I avoid a flawed faith, if I have a faith, um, I'm going to just make the assumption it's not totally flawed, but I'm going to also, I also believe that I'm going to be asked to defend whatever whatever that faith is and whatever positions I take on theological or faith issues. Yeah, everybody has faith. It just depends on what you're putting your faith in. And yeah, so... and I think that what we're what we're probably going to explore this today is, in fact, how do I defend whatever that is? Yeah. So defending the faith, the word that we could use in English that sums it up is apologetics. But what does that mean deeper? Can you, can you give us a little background on the word apologetics? Um, yeah. Can I, can I back up a step? Yeah. Go for it. Um, I'm called, uh, an image came to my mind when, when I was thinking about the, the conversation about apologetics. Mm -hmm. And the image that came to my mind, and please jump in and, and tell me where my thinking's fuzzy here, but my, the, the image that came to my mind was that we all, those of us who are, have a faith and have professed that faith, have as a foundation that profession of faith. Yeah. And that profession of faith contains certain elements. One of the elements is, in fact, to be able to defend what's in that foundational form. Mm-hmm. And so the image that came to my mind was that on that foundation, there's a tripod. Okay. And that tripod has, obviously, since it's, <laughs> since it's a tripod, has three legs. Yeah. And those three legs in that tripod that are, that are foundational, they're sitting on the foundation, are the questions of what is apologetics? Why is it important to engage in, in apologetics? And then three, how might I do that? And that that tripod will support um, it'll support our our position on apologetics and define our defense, and uh, also indirectly affect our worldview. Yeah. So basic to the discussion, I think, is is to is to get a picture that in fact we have a faith, we've professed that, mm -hmm. and then emanating from that foundation. One of the things emanating is apologetics. It's based on those three questions and responses to those three questions. What is it? Why is it important? And how do I go about it? That's an awesome image. I, I love how it's just how even just the foundation of it is whatever your faith is sitting on. And um, as we talked a little bit about before, like everybody has a faith. And so how are you going to defend it? You know, and yeah. I believe that. The Christian faith is the only one that that tripod is actually going to sit on and on that on its profession of faith and work. And it's actually going to sustain that worldview and be consistent. Yes. We can we can rely upon it. So and, and what we'll encounter in defending yeah. the faith are people, individuals who have a different position. Yeah. And so we'll be called upon to answer a certain series of questions and respond in defense, as we'll talk about in a little bit, of, of how we defend that faith, how we defend that position. Yeah, exactly. Um, so apologetics is defending the faith, and it comes from the Greek word... Apologia. Okay. Or apologia, some 
I'm so, not Greek, so it might be apologia. It might be apologia. <laughs> I think it is apologia. It's I would think those. so. That's yeah, one of those. What is apologetics not? Can you tell me that? Yeah. I, well, I can share my thoughts about it. No, I, go for um, it. It's not, first of all, it's not saying I'm sorry. Yeah. It's not apologizing for anything. And there's some confusion about that. I think uh, the people think apologetics, apology, what am I apologizing for? Am I apologizing for my faith? No, you're not apologizing for your faith. It's, it's not an apology. It's not issuing that. Uh, another comment would be that it's not intellectually forcing unbelievers or other believers into submission. Mm. I'm not using it to force anybody to do anything. Yeah. Um, maybe later we can talk about the difference between dialogue and debate. And yeah. and in apologetics, I'm not about trying to get into a debate. Yeah. The root of the word debate is to beat down. I don't want to do that. Yeah. And that's so, not done in love either. Like that's not Christ-like. No. And in First Peter, it's not done with gentleness and et cetera. Yeah. So it's not a it's not trying to force a position on somebody else. Uh, a third point would be it's not an irrelevant or unimportant discussion. Uh, it's terribly important to be able to articulate the, the position you're taking and to show evidence for that position. Uh, as I alluded to a minute ago, it's not a template for winning an argument. It's not a, how do you how do you beat somebody down. The root of the word debate is to beat down. Well, it's not. I'm not trying to do that. Uh, it's not a conversational technique where I try to become one-up or illustrate some intellectual superiority. Yeah. What I think it is, if you want, can we go to that? Yeah. So is that, let me stop there. Does that make sense it's, it's in terms of what it's not? Oh, it definitely makes sense, yeah. Okay, so what it is, let me share three or four thoughts about what it, how we might frame this. Apologetics is a branch of Christian theology which attempts to give a rational defense of the Christian faith. That's one thought. Mm -hmm. The second thought, apologetics is giving a reason for why you believe what you profess to believe. Mm -hmm. uh, let me share a couple of, 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 of comments from people uh, who are in that field professionally. The first comes from um, a big book of Christian apologetics by Norman Geisler, and I don't know if you've seen this. Have you seen this resource? I have seen it. I've never read it. I know, I've read a couple of Geisler's books, but not that one. It's a very, very complete um, look at Christian apologetics. And he has it. He's so concise. He's just, for my money, right on the money. In here, he says, apologetics is the discipline that deals with a rational, rational, mm -hmm. hello, rational defense of the Christian faith. I mean, I think that's just a concise statement. Uh, I think, too, that it's it's interesting having you have, since you've worked in higher education and you have a PhD, you know, and I think a lot of people um, look at Christianity and they say, oh, well, it's just you're not using your brain. You're oh. like it, you're just you're just believing in something blindly, yes. you know, Yes. but apologetics is actually. It's, it's taking your brain and it's applying it to your faith. And it's saying like, look, like I'm not being foolish about my faith because I have X, Y, and Z to support it. And so I think, that, well, if you look at what, what educate, what our education system has done, you know, with everything um, that deals with 
critical thinking and higher thought, um, it makes people feel like if they have faith, then it's the complete opposite of that, that right. you're you're just not using your it's brain. It's a false dichotomy. Yeah, exactly. It's a false dichotomy. You do use your brain. We're called upon to renew our mind. Yes. Um, so it's a false dichotomy. There's another... Uh, author that I'd like to share a comment from. It's Alistair McGrath. I don't know if you've heard of Alistair McGrath. I haven't, no. He's written a book called Mere, uh, Mere Apologetics, How to Help Seekers and, and Skeptics Find Faith. And he says, apologetics does not and cannot convert anyone. And that's an important point because in apologetics, we're not about conversion. The hmm. Holy Spirit converts. Yeah. Convicts. But it can point people in the right direction by removing barriers to an encounter with God or opening a window through which Christ can be seen. Yeah. Apologetics is about enabling people to grasp the significance of the gospel. It's about pointing, explaining, opening doors, and removing barriers. Yeah. And he says, he continues, the basic theme of Christian apologetics can be classified under three main headings, defending, Commending, commending, and translating. And I find it helpful, a helpful distinction that he makes when he suggests that it is about uh, pointing, explaining, opening doors, mm. and removing barriers, which is antithetical. We're not making an apology. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of just a bridge to evangelize. Ah. You know? Yeah. That pre-evangelism. Yeah. Um, so would you say that apologetics is a command? I mean, I can answer this like partly. I know of oh. one verse. So n going back to what I talked about at the beginning and how I got interested in this yeah. is um, I, when I first started taking that apologetics class, I remember one of the verses that I learned was 1 Peter 3.15. Oh. That's like the classic there it is. apologetics there, verse. Yeah. And... Now, um, testimony of how God brings you full circle, I'm teaching that same class that I, my life was changed in years sure. later. Sure. And so I have 1 Peter 3.15 as like the class verse because apologetics, like, but in your hearts, honor Christ the Lord as holy, always being prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that is in you, yet do it with gentleness and respect. And so... Apologetics is a command because if this if that's found in this this book this Bible right here then it's God's word and Amen. anything that God says is eternally a command for us to to obey because He doesn't change. If you look at those words, let's look at those words for just a second. Can we do that? Let's do it. Always be ready. What does that mean? It doesn't mean when I. Uh, uh, next week, you always you're always ready to give a defense. Yeah. To who? To anyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that's in you. Mm -hmm. So I think it is a command. It says when the word always suggests to me that's not conditional. Yeah. And it is directive. Always be ready. Uh, that's a directive command to me. Yeah. Yeah. So you have to. And not only did Peter say that, but we see Jesus answering questions, you know, when, when people, people raise questions to him all the time. And, and he, he 
unapologetically uses apologetics, <laughs> yet does it with gentleness and respect. We see Paul defending his faith. Paul was smart. You know, he was a Pharisee of all Pharisees and he goes out and he shares the word with people. But not only is he sharing the word, he's talking to um, Jews and he's talking to Gentiles and he... I mean, in his ministry, if you think of all the people that he connected with, people raised questions against the resurrection all the time. Sure. And he had he had to defend that, you know? Sure. So it, it would it would only make sense that we've seen it in scripture too, not only as a as a command, but as like look at these people who have done it themselves. Yeah. Yeah, that's really good. I I, th I think they're if we address the question, why is it important? Mm -hmm. One of the reasons is because it's biblical, which we're which we're alluding to in terms of Paul uh, three fifteen and sixteen or sixteen seventeen. Um, so it's biblical. Secondly, uh, if we look at what what Jesus engaged in, yeah, uh, he gave evidence, and the key word here is evidence. He gave evidence for his claims about uh, prophecy about miracles, about the resurrection, yeah. about healings, uh, and about uh, correcting false interpretations. Mm -hmm. he, he, so one, Jesus did that, okay? Yeah. Secondly, Paul engaged in it, which you just referred to. Paul, uh, Phil, uh, Philippians 1.7, the quote here is, the defense and confirmation of the gospel that Paul uses in, in, in the context. Philippians 1.16, I'm appointed for the defense of the gospel. Hmm. It couldn't be any clearer. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and then he goes on and he presents his arguments to the Greek at Mar Greeks at Mars Hill, to the Jews in the synagogues, as described in Acts 17, 1 through 3, uh, and false teachers within the church, which is described in Galatians and, and Corinthians, etc. Um, another reason it's commanded is, is that the church engaged in it via the, the apostles. So it wasn't just Jesus, it wasn't just Paul, but, but the church, the early church did that. Uh, the apostle Paul uh, in Galatians, Acts, and 1 Corinthians is noted as that. Yeah. Um, another reason why it's important is because the apologetics helps Christians. It helps us uh, know better our faith. It helps us to answer real questions that are going to arise. Uh, it helps us these days to uh, be effective in the public square where Christianity is being attacked. Yeah. The position is just being well, attacked. Yeah. Um, it also helps us as Christians to prevent doctrinal apostasy in the church. We know certain things. And it, it also helps us to, uh, to respond to false uh, uh, allegations on the part of other religions or cults, for that matter. Yeah. And the last reason why it's important, I think, is because reason demands it. We're, we're called upon to renew our minds. And, uh, and and I guess part of the sanctification process is the renewing of the mind. And it's, I mean, if you look at the greatest commandment, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind, you know, and, and if I'm loving the Lord with my mind and I'm actually thinking through my faith, God, God doesn't want us to not ask him questions, you know, and knowing that we are going to deal with those same questions just prepares us to love others as that second commandment and love your neighbor as yourself. I've already dealt with those questions in my mind. And so I know that when my, when my neighbor deals with those same questions, I'm going to be able to love them by pointing them to truth. Yes. So we've already talked about the what, we've talked about the why, and in the next episode, because this is a two-part, we'll talk about the how. 
And while it seems like a lofty task to defend your faith, I believe that we can kind of point people and encourage each other um, with simple ways to begin studying how to do that. Mm-hmm. So before could, we get in... Oh, can, we, can, can I jump back a minute? Yeah, go for it. Well, that, that second question, I'm going to recall us back to the fact that on our, on our profession of faith as a foundation, there are three pillars or three tripods. One of them is what is it? The second one is why, and mm-hmm. then the third, which we're starting to move into. But the second one on why, Jeremy Lin from crossexamine.org. Mm-hmm. has written that they he's got 33 reasons why it's important and and he divides them into 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 six categories and the categories are Christian community there's a reason for apologetics and it affects Christian community it affects evangelism it affects faith it, there are practical applications it affects it, how we interpret scripture and it affects our spiritual development. Hmm. And he elaborates on, on, on in that paper the 33 reasons why it's important. Yeah. So maybe the, maybe the summary statement would be the qu- response to the question why is not a matter of opinion. It's ma- it's a matter of a st- pretty well established facts why it's important to do that. Yeah. I'm sorry. Go. No, don't apologize. That's good. And and in, I've even seen in my own Bible reading how it's transformed the way that I um, interpret Scripture and communicate yeah. things yeah. to other people you know, with, concerning Scripture. Yeah, so. it's really fun to do. This is this is really fun. I I find it fun is to try to ask yourself questions that you don't have a clear response to. Paint yourself into a corner and see if you can get out of it. Hmm. And we all are asked questions, and afterwards you say, you know, I should have, I should have said this, I should have yeah. added that, I should have not said it that way. Well, we're going to emphasize later on the importance of practice. And in practicing, painting yourself into a corner and asking yourself questions. And then after you think you get a good response, switch switch roles and push yourself on that response. It's a fun exercise. That's a really good, um, yeah, that's good advice. <laughs> I'm, I know that I have answered questions just kind of on the fly, and I wish that I would have, <laughs> would have thought through my answers beforehand. So that's that's really good advice, especially if you are a teacher in like a life group or something yeah. like that. That's that's great. The other thing that this is going to do that that addressing the the what, why, and how is going to affect our worldview. Yes. Can, can you define worldview for me? Uh. Sure. <laughs> you can do it in your own words. Well, let me share, let me share a couple of, of other people's thoughts about it. Jason Lyle, in a, a book he wrote, The Ultimate Truth of Creation, defines it this way. Our worldview contains our most strongly held convictions about how the world works, how it came to be, the nature of reality, the nature of truth, and how we should live. Simply, a worldview is a set of beliefs that you hold true and live by. Hmm. Uh, James Sire in The Universe Next Door suggests a worldview is a set of presuppositions which held, uh, which you hold, we all hold, about the basic makeup of our world. Um, Norm Geisler in Making Sense of Your World suggests the truth is that a world, uh, truth is that a worldview is like colored glasses. Yeah. It colors everything at which we look. It's a grid through which one views all of life. As such, it forms our thoughts 
yeah, this is important. As such, it forms our, our, our thoughts, our values, and our decisions. And then he goes on to say the tragedy is that most people don't even know what their worldview is or how they got it. Yeah, and but, what, you, what you believe about the world affects what you do, you know? Yeah. And so if your actions aren't support, it will, it, yeah, if your actions don't look like what you are saying that yeah. you believe or, or maybe the, like the lens through which you see the world, I guess yeah. it's, it's apparent, you know? And yeah. so understanding your own worldview and is, is important. And then to be able to, to defend it is like the next step. Yeah. And, and to conclude that, why Ravi Zechariah, the late Ravi Zechariah suggested that there were four things that every human being faces mm-hmm. four questions. And the question, the first question is origin. where did I come from? And this is going to be, as we define that, it's going to be part of our worldview that emerges and it would develop. Where did I come from? Second is the second category is meaning. Why am I here? Yeah. What's the purpose that I'm that I'm here? What am I trying to fulfill? The third question is morality. How do I define what's right and wrong? And that's especially critical in our culture today with moral relativism being emphasized as it is. And then the last question is destiny, which is a question of ultimately where am I going to go? Yeah. So the question of origin, meaning, morality, and destiny are four question areas that are going to define that worldview. Yeah. How I respond is going to define what my worldview is. Yeah. So So those four things, basically apologetics is answering origin, meaning, morality, and destiny. And does the Christian faith do that? Amen. Absolutely. (laughs) Amen. That's what God has written in his word to answer, you know, and he provides not only answers to those questions, but also a way to reconcile our relationship with him. And that's through our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. And so I... One, one image I try to paint for my students is watching game film. So I, I grew up playing basketball. I played not in college, but pretty much the rest. I mean, I did play intramurals. Whoop, whoop. That was like <laughs> the extent of it. I know you played college basketball, though. I won't tell you how many decades ago it was. <laughs> well, now, what, how, what makes a really good basketball team prepared is not necessarily just their practice in the gym, but also their preparation of what the team is going to, the other team is going to do. Mm. And so the way that we did that was watching game film, right? And so let's say that I know the other team is, is really, they're, they're probably going to run a zone defense. If you know basketball and you're listening to this, great. If you're not, just trust me. (laughs) So if they're running a zone defense, then, then the, the offensive plays that I am going to, to make are going to be according to their defense. Yes. And so in the same way, when we are having apologetic conversations with people with other worldviews, other answers to their origin, meaning, and morality yeah. and destiny questions, I need to know what they are going to answer so I know how to help them see that their answers are, are flawed. Yeah. And in, in, in comparison to the Christian faith, but like first Peter three fifteen says, I mean, it's not like the basketball game where I'm going to be throwing elbows. If somebody makes me mad, <laughs> right. I'm going to be doing it with gentleness and respect, you right. know, and, and that's what God has called us to do. He's called us to defend our faith and be wise and be intellectual. Don't, don't be 
don't just be complacent about what you know and about how you defend your faith, but, but do it with, with a sound mind and, and do it in love. Yes. Yeah. There's an image that just came to my mind and it might, might jump us ahead a little bit. Can I try it anyway? Yeah, of course. What if you use the basketball analogy? One of the other things that happens pre-basketball game is that you generally are presented with a scouting report. Hmm. Yeah. And the scouting report provides you information about the opposition. It provides you the tendencies of the opposition. When we get into discussing how to engage in, in, in uh, apologetics, I'm going to promote the notion that asking questions is incredibly significant. And it just struck me as an image. One of the reasons to ask questions is, is like getting a scouting report on where the other person's theology is, mm, yeah. where the other person's worldview is. And you get the scouting report, quote unquote, in order to be able to respond to that situation. Yeah. So you got to have a scouting report. How do you get a scouting report? Yeah, ask questions. Yeah. And you get to know the person too. You don't just like go up to them and be like, so tell me why you believe X, (laughs) Y, and Z. No, like talk to them. Where are they from? Ask them their, their name, like what, what they're, the things that they go through in life. You know, that's, that's, that's that bridge to the gospel. It's that pre-evangelism. That's what apologetics is. So this is a huge, deep topic. And honestly, covering it from an aerial view is kind of difficult. <laughs> We're looking at it from 10,000 feet. Aren't we? <laughs> yeah, we really are. But Bob, thank you so much for joining me and sharing your wisdom. Um, I think that we are able to, even though it's, it's deep, we can bring it to a comprehensible, um, level for, for anybody to, to be able to learn from this. So to our listeners, we want to know what have you learned from today's episode and how has God challenged you? How were you able to apply what you've learned? Maybe if you tried to look into defending the faith, or if you, if you, if you found like a resource that you think is helpful, if you practiced it, let us know. I would, I would love to know. Um, and in the next episode, Bob will be here again with me and we're going to be answering the question, how do I defend my faith? So talk truth listeners. Thank you for spending your time with us. And if you haven't yet connected with us online, check us out on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube, and be sure to check out our other McGregor podcast channels. Just head over to talktruthpodcast.com for all the details. We'd love to hear from you. Write us a review, however you're listening to this. And thank you for listening. Remember to talk truth.